So let's just, you got a profitable business and a buyer approaches you. Somebody wants to buy your business. Maybe you want to raise more capital. Maybe you're thinking about raising some debt and you have to go hire an investment banker. What do you do? We're going to talk about that today. So two things, if you get value from today's content, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And I got a PDF for you at the end, so stick around. So let's go through it. Seven reasons to hire an investment banker. Number one, a buyer has approached you. They like your business. They say, hey, we want to buy your business. We like what you're doing. Let's start talking. You don't know what your business is worth. You don't want to sell it too cheap. You don't want to say, you're like, I don't know what to do. Maybe that's the reason you ought to hire an investment banker. Number two, you want to raise some expansion capital. You're, you're, you're starting to realize maybe you can get into five markets if you add an additional $20 million. Maybe if you hire certain engineers, you can expand. Maybe there's certain things you can do with your current software, but you need an additional five, 10, 15, 20, $100 million. That's expansion capital. You need an investment banker. Number three, negotiating an acquisition. You're about to buy another business. You guys are coming together. You need one. Number four, about to sell a portion or entire business in the next 12 to 24 months. The sale process is not like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sell my house. 60 days later, you sell a house. Doesn't work like that. Generally, it takes a little longer. Five, succession plan. Six, capital constraint. Times are tough for you. You're running an airline, like airline industry needs money. Times are tough. You're running a business. Things are, maybe you're growing too fast. You don't have money, but if you have the money, you're showing you're growing, but your profit margins, because you're not going to get the money back for three, six months. So you have to go to somebody to raise money. You get capital restraints. And last but not least, you're simply trying to learn the process of what it's like if you hire an investment banker and go on the market to see if there's any interest for the business that you have. So having said that, 11 things to know before you hire that investment banker. Number one, do they know your industry? For example, if I am sitting with an investment banker and he's an expert in pharmaceutical companies, he sold the last 20 companies he sold, they're all pharmaceutical companies, but I'm financial industry. It doesn't matter. He could be the best in that industry. His Rolodex is people from that industry. So investment banker who knows nothing about your industry, even though they may be the best, it's irrelevant. Typically, you want somebody that's in your industry because they have the expertise. Number two, how many deals have they done in your industry recently? So for example, you'll ask the question, so uh, they'll say to you, let's just say you're a real estate company. Well, yeah, you know, I have a uh, we've done real estate deals and, you know, uh, upwards of raising $50 million. And we've also sold a couple of real estate companies for $200 million or $300 million. Great. Which ones are they? They'll show you the list of companies, XYZ company, ABC, da, 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 and all this stuff they'll give you. And you say, were you a lead banker on this? Oh no, we were doing it with X, Y, you know, such and such other uh, investment banker, but were you the lead or were they the lead? They were the lead, but we were still working together as a team. They're not a lead. So they're still small to the other guys. So maybe you write that. Who was the person you were, oh, we were working with, you know, John, whatever. Okay, got it, perfect. You're starting to learn to see if they're a leader uh, on these deals or not. And they'll give you these stories. Sometimes they're going to say, yeah, we did that. You know, like, what, you did that? Oh, yeah, we let the whole thing. Did you have anybody else? No, it was all us the entire way. Did you do the other? Yeah, we also did this one. Did you do that? We also did this one. This may be the investment banker that it's no longer about uh, them selling you. Now it's more about you selling them because they're the ones that are going to get to the buyer's that you want to talk to. So you have to understand who they are, what type of experience they got. Number three, size of the deal. I've sat down with investment bankers where we go to New York and sit down and talk to some of these guys. Yeah, we sell insurance companies. What size? 25 million, 50 million, 100 million, too small. So some people's size of deal they do is too small. Some people's size of deal they do is way too big. I spoke to the Goldman Sachs investment bankers. They said, listen, our minimum is a $2 billion sale, $3 billion sale. Great. 
SPACs that we do, we don't do any SPACs less than a billion dollars. Great. But you're understanding their size. So you don't want somebody that's too big because they're going to be so bored of selling your property, your business, and you don't want anybody too small. The best way to look at it is the following way. Say you have a million dollar home for sale. You don't want to talk to a realtor who's never sold a million dollar home. They only sell $400,000 homes. But you also don't want to talk to the realtor that only sells $20 million homes because he's not interested in the commissions of selling a $1 million home. Hopefully that makes sense. That's why you ask the size of the deal. Number four, are they telling you what you want to hear? Are they telling you what you need to hear? If a, if a person that's an investment banker, the amateur one gets typically too excited, oh, we're going to get you exactly the price you want. I think we can even do more. That's rookie realtors say things like that. That's rookie investment backgrounds tell you things like that. And you, if you get excited, that's also a reflection of you being a rookie in a market that you've never dealt with this before. And you get, oh my God, he said he can get us, you know, 40 EBITDA, 20 times EBITDA. He's just getting you excited, right? Depending on what they're doing. Versus somebody says, I, I hate, pff. what are your numbers? Well, here's the challenge that we're going to face. Are you prepared for that? Because what do you think your business is worth? I don't think the market's paying that today. Here's what the market is paying. Let's look at the comps. This is what it's looking like. You know, if your expectation is to get something like this, how are we going to make that case to get to the number that you want? You're not necessarily a tech-enabled business yet. You don't have a management team yet. You know, what's your, you know, supporting cast look like? So I don't think you're ready. Or what's your management team like this? Oh, wow, that's your management team? Yes. Oh, what's your support team? What software do you have? Oh, you are? Oh, we could go for a number like this. But if they're just telling you what you want to hear, they're not telling you what you need to hear, may not be the guy for you. Number five. Ask for a list of contacts they plan on approaching. For example, say you've spent hours and hours with them. So, Johnny, let me ask you, based on what now, what you know now about our business, who do you think would be a, a potential buyer for something like this? Well, here's a list of 40 people that I would probably approach. And these are some of the companies that we'd be talking about that we've done business before. And they, they take our calls because we've done three deals with these guys, four deals with these guys, and then they'll show you. Some of them are in this field. Some of them are in this field. But they're kind of giving you an idea or who could, what the buyer could potentially look like based on the context that they have. Do they ask you the right questions? So the right questions are technical questions. So for example, so uh, uh, the, the C-suite executives you've hired, how much experience do they have with your company? How long have they been there? Have they only been there for a month or two or have they been around for a year plus? Well, they're, okay, so, so they have to now think, okay, so in, in regards to your EBITDA, what's your EBITDA look like the last 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, 48 months? Here's what it looks like. Okay, that sounds good. What's your top line revenue looking like? Maybe EBITDA's going up or your top line revenue's not going up. What's the problem there? Are you just figuring out ways to make more profit? Because that doesn't, they have to ask the right question. Like the questions that you're hoping they don't ask you, they have to ask you. That's what a great investment banker does because they have to know that the buyer's gonna wanna know that stuff. So they better know those things now before they go into the market to talk to buyers. Number seven, do they have a solid team around them? The lead guy, you wanna be able to buy into the lead guy or the lead gal. But then who else is around them? Who else is supporting where they're going to be able to say, here's what I think. Here's what I think with this. Because sometimes when you go into a room with investment bankers, they'll have, typically it's a group of three people that will talk to you. The lead, the co, and then the person that's the junior analyst that's sitting there trying to figure out a way to maybe not get the deal done. One person's very excited about the doing the deal. One person is not excited about doing the deal. One person knows nothing about the deal, but they're reasonable and they're willing to sit there and talk. That's typically the dynamics of the three people that are in the room. So it's a form of getting audited, but you want to know who their team is well. Number eight, what do they think the buyer will look like? Will it be a strategic? Will it be a PE firm? Will it be a bank? So they may say, I don't think a strategic is going to be interested in your company. Why? Here's why. Okay, I, I don't think a private equity firm is going to be interested in your company. Here's why. I, I don't think a bank's going to buy something like this into your company. 
I think bank may be good. I, may, I think private equity, I think strategic may be good. They're going to probably ask you the following seven questions. Are you ready for these following eight questions? So then they'll start asking you questions that a buyer asking, but you have to know what they think the buyer is going to look like. So they'll say, there's probably a 5% chance it's going to be a PE firm. I think 95% chance is going to be strategic. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Let's look at what that, let's see what that looks like. Number nine, ask them why they believe they can do the job. Like, why can they go raise the money or do the uh, acquisition? Why can they help you sell the company? Why did it? Well, I think we can do it because of pop, 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 pop. Great. Very helpful. Number 10, understand fee structure. Fee structure works out in a, a different ways. Some may ask for money up front. Now, money up front may be if you're doing a deal that the commission is going to end up being 5 million bucks, 10 million bucks. A million dollars. Let's just use a million dollars. That's an easy fee. If they're asking for a quarter up front, they're not going to do the job. Like, you know, but if they say, hey, I need $20,000, $50,000, $100,000, because that's going to cover our fees until we get paid. These guys are not doing this business for a $20,000 check. $20,000 check for, a, for an investment banker means nothing. $50,000 is nothing. They're trying to get a, you know, two, five, $10 million check. That's what they're going for. So if there's a little bit of money up front, you can negotiate that. You don't want it to be too much. You want it to be enough when they're doing the traveling, dinner, all that stuff that they got to cover. That part makes sense. The second one is fee structure, how they put it up. Hey, we're going to get, if it's a smaller company, they're going to get a bigger percentage. If it's a bigger company, they're going to get a smaller percent. So for example, hey, it's, I'm a 1%, I'm 2%, I'm 3%, I'm 4%. They'll put their number up there, right? You can come back and say, I want it to be uh, uh, tiers. So if you sell it between, you know, uh, uh, you know, 50 to 100 million is this price, 100 to 150 million is this price, 200 to 500 million is this price, 500, whatever the tiers you put up, and you can say the more you sell it for, you know, the percentage is going to be whatever. That's something that you can negotiate with your investment banker. And last but not least is the earnout. Sometimes the investment banker is going to want to get the whole money up front, even though you as the buyer haven't gotten the full money from the seller yet, from the buyer yet, because they want to do an earn out. Maybe they'll give you 90% money up front and you'll earn out the 10. Maybe they'll give you 80% up front and they'll earn out the 20. But the investment banker wants to get paid on the 80 and the 20 up front. Whether that 20 happens or not, you can't. Obviously, that's your ability to negotiate, but you need to know that that's what they're going to be asking you when you do a deal with them. And last but not least, ask for the last five deals that didn't go through and why. So, John, this is great. You guys got a lot of experience. This sounds really good. I think we're getting kind of to a point where we're comfortable with this. This is our sixth meeting together. Can you tell me about the last five deals you guys uh, didn't do and why? Well, yeah, great. Uh, I'm glad you're asking that question. Number one, one of the deals that we didn't do because the CEO uh, was not willing to stay with the company. And he told us at first he was, and then he changed his mind. The buyer's like, what do you mean? We can't buy this business. He has no other leadership team. There's no way we can buy a business like this. No problem. The other one is we made the mistake. We didn't do enough uh, uh, you know, due diligence. And because of that, now we've added this additional due diligence process of three hours of asking questions, coming to your home office learning about your management team, whatever it is, they're going to tell you the five deals that didn't go through because you are going to learn the most based on that question on deals that didn't go through, not deals that did go through. This is what you want to know. And you can ask that question from all the 10 different investment bankers you'll interview. You'll get so much knowledge from doing that. So having said that, if you took a lot away from today's episode, I have a PDF for you as well. Give it a thumbs up if you learned a lot today and subscribe to the channel and text the word investment banker to 310-340-1132, 310-340-1132, text the word investment banker, we'll send you a PDF of all the things that was written here today. And if you're out of the country, you're not in the States, go in the description, click on a link below, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll send a PDF to you as well. And if you enjoyed this video, I got another video for you. 
titled How to Raise Money. If you've never seen this video, it's very detailed on how to raise money. Click over here to watch the video. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.